It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Welcome to another episode of Cause Monday here on the Hive Sports. I'm your host, Jake Sorensen, and today we're hanging out with BYU's own Billy Nixon, hanging out with us, uh, the BYU <laughs> director of equipment and experience and everything that way. Thanks so much, Billy, for hanging out with us. Hey, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. We've been uh, working for a little bit to get Billy on, and um, I have a lot of questions for Billy. I know that uh, a lot of Cougar Nation sees uh, all the things that he does for the program and um, love all the, the energy and, and vibes that are brought that way. But, um, just a little bit, I, I wanted to ask kind of getting right into things. Um, just, could you give some insight as to like, what made you um, want to do what you do and, and kind of your passion for what you do and in, in your role as the director of player experience and, and equipment? Yeah. So it kind of all started, you know, I, my dream in life was to coach football and, I um, ended up being very blessed to be a high school football coach in American Leadership Academy in Spanish Fork. I loved it. Um, I learned there early on that um, how important culture is and how important, you know, building a program extends beyond the X's and O's, right? And so as a high school football coach, you know, I was responsible for obviously the X's and O's, but also the equipment and also a lot of times the athletic training. And um, but then the program stuff had such a huge impact on the culture, right? Helping players develop um, off the field, setting goals, teaching them how to set goals, you know, um, host, uh, putting together team activities. And it, at the high school level, a lot of that falls on the head coach. And I recognize that building a culture through activities and through meaningful experiences uh, really did affect the outcome in a lot of ways on the field um, and, and built and, you know, a strong team and a family atmosphere. And, and honestly, I, I've grown a lot since then. I mean, I think uh, looking back, I think if I even would have focused more on player experience as a head coach, I probably would have been more successful. Um, and so then uh, flash forward, I, I, I get called, um, to, to come join the Kalani staff as a, um, assistant equipment manager at the time and learn from a great equipment manager by the name of Mick Hill, um, who was legendary, had been there for many, many years. Um, and, um, in the process I, I learned, you know, I mean, it, it was tough for me to walk away from coaching, but I, I knew that I wanted, um, to go to the highest level possible. So anytime there's any position open up at a place like BYU, you, you know, it, even though at the time it, it seemed like it, it was a little bit off track, I, I went in the mindset that, Hey, I can influence this program from, you know, the cleaning shoes and the cleaning helmets that equipment manager does. Um, and as I learned from Mick more of the processes and procedures of equipment managing, I also took notes on how when it was my time to make some some um, decisions that uh, at the helm I could take things a step further and I could really help this program grow through 
creating experiences for our, for our athletes. And so, uh, and actually, they I was so dead set on it. It led me to two years of research as I worked on my doctorate um, in this area. And um, and then the last last season, I was able to put a lot of these theories into practice, and it was amazing to see how simple things could shape a player's experience. And we live in a unique time. I know, I know I'm, t- I'm talking a lot, but you asked the question, right? So oh, yeah, I, I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm bound to answer, um, you know, but the thing is, is we, when I first started at BYU, an athlete, it was the old rule, an athlete transfers, he sits out a year. So there was almost this, this real reluctance as an athlete to transfer, right? I mean, that was a bigger commitment and a bigger setback in athlete's life. Things have changed now. And so, you know, back then recruiting an athlete could be more like a used car show, right? Where, um, you know, you could hide things, you get them in the door and you're like, Hey, that's going to be a penalty on the athlete if he leaves. So he might as well stay. And a lot of athletes did. Now we've reached an era where with NIL and with, um, the new recruitment rules that you need to retain players, Right. It's not about just the recruit and recruiting is the lifeblood of college athletics. I mean, recruiting does win championships, but now you need to recruit these athletes and you need to keep the athletes there. So you can't fake an experience and show like, you know, a, a lemon of a car. And then, you know, because that player can return that car, they can get up, leave and go somewhere. And you're seeing that more than ever with the transfer portal. And so it's such an important role um, in a, for programs to put pieces in place to enhance the player experience. And the fact is I'm, I feel very blessed because I have the easiest job in the world. I mean, if I summed up my job, it is my job is to be an extension of the love that Kalani Sataki has for his athletes. That's all I do. Like my goal is to make sure athletes feel the love of Kalani Sataki. That's amazing. No, I, I do uh, experience and like recruiting for my career. Like I go in and, and recruit those schools and what you said about um, experience of employees, experience of your employees or your players, right? Um, being able to make sure they have the best experience and that they want to stay retaining um, the people who choose you is a huge thing. So that's really cool to hear kind of your journey um, and things that way. What what did you study for your doctorate? Was it like organizational behavior, organizational development kind of? Yeah. Deal? So uh, yeah, it was actually, it's a, it was a, um, when I started it, I was very blessed. It was a pilot program at Troy university for professionals to be able to work on their doctorate um, because they wanted professionals in the industry to help with research. And so um, I was able to do it remote, which was a blessing. It was really crazy because they, the, you know, the year I graduated, we actually played Troy out of accident because of COVID, which was, which was honestly a miracle because all of a sudden, I mean, and that was my final semester and I had uh, my professors like, Hey, good luck at the game Friday. We're excited to, you know, watch and, you know, and I even had classmates that were on the other side of the ball. I mean, it was kind of a unique experience, but a, a huge blessing. Phenomenal sport management, athletic administration program, probably one of the best doctorate programs in the nation um, with, with the direction they're going in um, for a, a teaching university. Loved it. Um, but yeah, organizational behavior. I actually, my mentor, Dr. Kim, uh, or sorry, Dr. Koo, um, there had done a lot of research on organizational behavior. And so that's why I focused a lot of my research on recruiting behavior 
um, which was something that hasn't been researched as much. And then I focused on, yes, like student athlete behavior once they're recruited. What's interesting is, is there's, there's nothing there, right? I mean, research hasn't been done on player experience. So a lot of the research that I focused on was organizational behavior in the business setting. And yeah. I'm like, man, if, if, and, and what they showed is this, is there's a huge focus on, especially the hospitality and tourism industry. And it bled into now, you know, the tech companies of it was first, Hey, how can we focus on consumer experience? Right. And a lot of money and a lot of research went into that. What they realized is if we focus on employee experience, consumer experience takes care of itself. Yep. Right. And, and now with the, even a competitive job market. And so I'm sitting here thinking the same thing that you're thinking. I'm like, man, we have all these people that are balancing from company to company, from Google to Domo to Qualtrics to, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if they're focused on and they're doing these things to keep people satisfied, man, it has to work for college football. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, a lot of these principles are universal. You know, the say, and it's getting the, I mean, getting the, getting the employee involved in decision-making is huge, making them feel like they have more equity in the program, that it's their program. Kalani can't say it enough that, you know, this is a player led staff supported. And, and honestly, that's the direction that corporate America is going in. We need to empower our followers. Yeah. Right. And that's going to increase their satisfaction. Absolutely. There's a lot of, uh, I don't know, the look good, feel good, play good that you mentioned. Um, I think that's kind of something that players have mentioned too. I've seen it in a lot of like the yes. videos. Um, and then just other branding, like there's little branding things that I've noted and I just attach onto them because I love it. Cause it's like, that's what I, that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I've kind of seen um, be, be really successful. It's, it's been interesting watching the transition of BYU football and also watching the transition of player experience because I don't think the two are separate by any means. I think they're very much um, hand in hand. And I, I love that you're seeing that, that research and that um, player development aspect really come to life um, for, for you and for the team in general. It's, it's really cool to, to actually like envision, not just see something like a, a goal or a vision come about, but it's like you're seeing it play out real life. It's awesome. So um, I kind of wanted to touch base. Um, I know that BYU, obviously with the big 12 coming up in 2023, um, what, how does that adapt the player experience model that you guys have gone so far? Like, what are you guys going to have to do to, to adapt once you guys hit the big 12 or things that way, or does it just stay the same and kind of use the new data as it comes and, and new experiences as it comes? Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think there's going to be much adapt. you know, I think that the being in a conference only increases the player experience. Um, what's interesting is, is in my research of recruiting conference affiliation didn't have as much of an influence um, on student athletes, college choice, um, which is, which is interesting, right? Because we think that, you know, student athletes are so concerned about, you know, going to a power conference or going to, and really, student athletes, their interests are very self, you know, serving, right. They want to get a solid degree. They want career opportunities after college, you know, they, and, and so a lot of the decision, those variables that influence their recruiting decisions, you know, are, it's a lot different than we traditionally think. And so I think that the big 12 obviously is going to help tip the scales for some of these elite athletes that are focused on the NFL, which is awesome. Yep. Right. And that's going to increase the experience. I think playing in some bigger venues is going to, you know, increase the experience. But as far as what we're doing, 
um, at BYU to get to that level of player experience, I actually think that we're already there. I talked to athletes transferring in to BYU and a lot of them, I mean, all of them have said, man, the player experience is so much better here. We can't believe how well we're taken care of. We can't believe that how well we're listened to. We can't believe that, you know, Kalani allows us to be who we are as long as who we are fits within the culture we're trying to build. Um, and so I don't think we need to change much. I mean, I think Kalani has built a very strong culture, um, but I think that the only thing Big 12 is going to do is just heighten that experience for our athletes. Absolutely. I mean, you see people like Kingsley, obviously, um, big announcement last week. You see Cormani McLean. You start seeing some of these big five-star guys that everybody's like eyes popping while wow, five stars. But I mean, then you also see Isaiah Mo. I can't, can't forget him on the list or um, Hagen or any of these guys that BYU is recruiting currently. And I, I always did wonder how much does this P5 Utah is in the P5? Like they're going to go to the PAC 12. Does that really play into like people's decision to go somewhere? Does it really matter more than anything? Like how am I treated by my coaches? Um, and do I have a voice within the locker room as well as within just the program in general? Um, if I have a need as a player, is that need going to be met? Um, some of those exactly. Kind of and, and you know, one thing when I was watching built bars announcement and watching Bill and some of these NILs that are kind of building in, and he talks about branding and he talks about that kind of brand. I just love, like, I, I felt like the players and, and the staff and everybody's just like one, like this big unit of like, let's grow together. Let's have this kind of like you mentioned, um, you have Kalani's culture and vision of culture, and you want to share that with the players. Like you could feel that through the videos and through the other things. And that as a fan and as somebody who's like passionate about organizational behavior, it's so cool to, to kind of see that come to life. So thank you from, from my fan perspective uh, of helping bring that to life. Um, Do you know, I'll give you a little bit of an insight. I'll I'll give you a little bit of an insight where, and maybe this is way too vulnerable you know, for me, because I'm going to, you know, explain one of my weaknesses, I guess. But last year, part, part of what I do with player experience, I data mine a lot of information from our athletes. And last year, I actually sent out a survey um, and I asked all of our athletes, you know, certain questions about their player experience. And, you know, one of the comments was from walk-on saying, hey, we don't feel like we're treated as well as scholarship athletes. Now, Obviously, I think there's a lot of benefits to being a, a scholarship athlete that we just can't fulfill for walk-ons, you know. Um, but that really changed my perspective of, you know what, I'm a problem, right? Like I got to do more to help love these walk-ons. And that's something that Kalani's always been about. Kalani doesn't treat players differently. But I mean, some of the some of the responses were very specific, like, hey, Billy you know, needs to treat walk-ons better, you know, and not a lot of them, but some of them and some of them, you know, some of those responses, that's enough, right? Like I, you know, it doesn't matter if 99 players feel that way or one player feels that way. Like it hit me the same, you know? And so, and that's why we've made a big emphasis on treating walk-ons great at BYU, you know, obviously it's client's vision, but it's something that now I've bought into, and so I think that's why it's so important to get players feedback because I didn't even see that in myself. I'm like, no, I treat everyone the same. Right. But it doesn't matter what I think I'm doing. Their perception's reality. Right. If they yeah. don't think, you know, I mean, I could argue with them about it. I don't think I should treat them differently, but I'm like, you know what? 
if they feel that way, I need to go the extra mile to make sure they don't, you know? And, and so, yeah, no, I think that built bar, that was such a, a great day. I was very excited and very emotional. And because I know that sometimes walk-ons feel like they're, you know, second class and that's not, that's not the case at BYU. I mean, we want BYU to be the best player experience in college football for every single athlete that enters the locker room. Absolutely. I appreciate that vulnerability because I, I think something that um, in feedback and, and kind of like you said, our perception um, or perception is reality for people. Um, I think a lot of times um, it's, that's a, a cool thing to recognize that and then not only just hear it, but then adapt it. So um, I, I really admire that aspect um, and seeing it come to life in such a cool way. Um, I, I think, and only more coming, it seems like there's, there's always an announcement or always little eyeballs popping out about some cool announcement. I it's awesome. Just, um, watching it from the Twitter perspective and then just the media perspective. But, um, I, I kind of want to get into your brain a little bit cause you've come so far. There's been so many different things that have already come about, um, with the player experience. Like what's your, what's the next step? Like what's the vision of, of that next step of continuing it forward. Are there, uh, maybe there's things you can't share that are already in the works or things that way, but like, what's, if there's like a long-term goal, cause there's always, ha- there always has to be a next step goal. Kind of what, what would that be for you um, to envision within um, player experience and, and equipment side of things? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. That's a question that I, my wife asked me a lot, <laughs> you know, so I wish I had a answer with how much she asks me that question. no, um, I love the current situation I'm in. I love Kawhi Sataki. I love being on his support staff. I think the next step is, you know, to, to create a, a structure within the football program that allows me even more time just to focus on, to, you know, designing these experiences and evaluating these experiences. Um, but I think we're on, we're on that, we're on that track. I mean, what we're doing is kind of so unique that, it's, I mean, there's not a director of player experience anywhere else outside of BYU. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of uncharted territory, which sometimes makes my job a little bit difficult or my ambitions difficult because I'm sort of thinking like, man, like, where do I go from here? You know, and, and how do I, you know, what are the next steps? And so right now, my goal personally is to continue, continue what we're doing continue to gather feedback from our athletes, continue to refine, right? And just to help Kalani build a national championship program. And if people don't think that's the goal of Kalani Sataki, then they're just not listening, right? Because part of his quest of building a culture of love and learning is we all have that, you know, that quest, I guess, to reach our ultimate potential. And as a coach, I mean, there's no higher potential to win a national championship. And that's my goal as a director of player experience is to help coach Sataki to get there and support my coworkers and their various roles, you know, to get there. And I, I think that's kind of where we're at as a program. I love that. I love that. I always, I, maybe I, I say this as I'm saying it as a joking thing, but I don't mean it jokingly every year when the season starts, I'm always like BYU's natty champs. Let's go. Like that's where my mindset is. Yes. is every year could be the year. And even if they drop a game, like in a year like this, where they have so much to still play for, there's still ways that teams ahead of them could lose and they get into the NY six. It's really, you control your destiny on a week to week basis. Like, I just love 
the positive energy of let's keep winning, let's keep playing hard, let's keep going, um, learning, developing, growing. Um, so that if that opportunity comes, we're ready for it. You know what I mean? That's something exactly. I, I just love that aspect of things. I, I want to touch base on. So obviously you're, you're really ingrained with football. You're really ingrained with Kalani, but does, does your role also bleed into basketball as well? And you cover that side of things, or is that somebody else that gets to, to handle that animal there? Yep. That, that's somebody else now at other schools, it might be done a little bit differently. Um, and I'm very close to the individual that's over basketball. Yeah. Um, so I see the comments are like, man, BYU equipment, why don't you, you know, share more about basketball? <laughs> um, I'm a hundred percent focused on football. Right. Yeah. And, and obviously we, we share ideas, right. And there's a lot of collaboration behind the scenes. Um, and you know, I could go to any basketball game I want and, and sit courtside if I wanted to. Right. Um, but football is just such a big beast that that that's the focus. That's awesome. You know? No, that makes total sense. I, I always just kind of wondered that side of things. Cause I know that your role is, um, pretty in depth already with, with football. I just wanted to know, um, I know there was a lot of comments last year about bringing in different ideas for helmets and, and jerseys and things that way. And it, you, you received the feedback from Cougar nation and, and put it to play. And I'm sure players and, and coaches also gave their feedback and it all goes hand in hand. But um, I've noted that that's a kind of a big thing. How do those decisions come about? How do, how do you get to um, like that final decision of this is what our Jersey is going to look like. This is what our helmet's going to look like. This is when we're going to put a sticker on the back. How does that all come about? Yeah, so dating back to, uh, again, my research, what I found out that there's two, two variables that are very important to student athletes um, during the recruiting process. And uh, one is tradition, and one is innovation, hmm. which becomes very challenging, right? Yeah. Because you want tradition, but you want innovation. And so part of what I've done at BYU is – with this information in mind is I want to make sure we tie things back to tradition. So that's why it's interesting. I mean, I've never thought of it until I did this research and we started doing these uniform combos that we named the combos after people again, tied to tradition. And I saw today, somebody even reached out from a different institution, like, man, I can't believe no one else has named their combos before. And it's, it's with the purpose because every combo I'm trying to tie to tradition I want players and fans to know that that combo, right, is who we are, right? That's our brand, right? We've worn a Royal Hump before. We've worn a Navy Hump before. Now, obviously, I'm sure there's going to be room for innovation where we bleed a little bit outside of tradition, right? Um, and a great example of that is the combo we're wearing this week, right? On tradition, we just – we don't have this combo where it's, you know um, – but I'm grateful that you know the players are bought in the coaches bought in and i think even the fans are bought in to this idea that we got to make sure that byu looks like byu and that we don't stem too far you know away from who we are but we got to have a little bit of fun doing it absolutely i i think one of the ones that mostly stood out to me I, we obviously went black um all black last year um for like the blackout game which was uh, the first time in a while um but then people started sharing like the polynesian designed helmets like with the um I, it's like the traditional, like, you, you know what I'm mentioning there. Um, and yes. then there's been some other that way. And, and I guess, is that even in the realm of possibilities of a future or is that kind uh, of. Absolutely. Okay. So what people need to understand is like, I don't care about 
fan experience, right? Keep that quiet, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't let anyone know. I know I'm on a podcast, so I'm sure it's going to get out. But I, I love how people think that like, oh man, Billy like wants to please the fans. The truth is, is I want to please the players. And in return, these decisions are pleasing the fans. Um, we will be creative and we will be innovative. And I take a lot of the fans feedback as far as like the designs they're putting out there. And I take notes of the things I like and some things I don't like. Right. And I, I don't note those things, but I'm always looking to learn and to grow. Right. The player experience. And so, yeah, there are designs. I promise you that people put up there and they probably don't even know. And I've <laughs> screenshotted it and I put it in a folder and I'm like, okay, that one is one I'm going to come back to. Right. I also look at what other schools are doing. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then I, I bounce ideas off of players. So it's kind of a long, long process, but it needs to be right. Yeah. Because it's a fine balance between tradition and innovation. So as far as the Ohana game, I'm, I'm, I mean, that is something I've discussed, right? Yeah. That is something that I would not be shocked in the, in the next five years that we have a Ohana game. Right. Um, but it has to be done right. It takes a lot of time, yeah. you know? And so uh, if we jumped on every idea, right, we would lose our, our brand image really quickly. Absolutely. Right. And we would get away from that tradition. So, so again, it's just that fine, fine balance. Absolutely. I've, I've always, I, I like the idea of balancing tradition and, and innovation um, because I've been in the same kind of thing with my own work, just trying to figure out like, uh, I think the recruiting world's changing. Students are obviously wanting to go with maybe the bigger tech companies immediately. Um, but there's like some of these aspects of these big companies that I want to maintain with um, what I've had. And you have to, you can't just change it all at once or it'll crumble. And you have to be able to develop uh, a way of keeping what's been good and what's been strong, um, as well as like leaking in those little things that allow that growth and that, that development. And so I totally understand uh, just from my personal experience, that side of things, that's really cool to kind of see that come about. Um, I, I know that I kind of, I like that you also um, mentioned that you're not like tied to the fan experience because like you said, it really, the player's experience, if I were looking back um, maybe two years ago and, and looking at the player experience versus fan experience, the player experience is what makes the fan experience so great. You see the players exactly. perform and, and, and that's how our product that we are witnessing and being able to consume as consumers is, is brought uh, about. So I, I really like that. Um, I, I, I want to touch base a little bit on this because I, I think it's something that's interesting to me at least um how often do you get to like um sit down obviously you mentioned to sit down with players but like sit down and you're like leading the meeting of like saying hey this is like my idea or this is my vision or how often are you the one just sitting there like taking the feedback from the players and and how how often do those kind of things happen within your role as director of player development experience kind of things that way i think it happens like daily i mean I think there's different, you know, obviously different levels, um, but I constantly have my door open so players can come in and give me ideas or I could talk to players about ideas. Then about, you know, quarterly, there's focus groups that I'll bring together leadership council, ask things or a text thread I have with all the leaders on the team that I'll, I'll text them some ideas I have. Um, and then, uh, you know, about semi-annually, I'm putting out a survey to gather I mean, the information needs to come in so many different forms, you know, and so 
I'm big into data mining and pulling information from our athletes. And I don't make any decision without getting our athletes involved. Right. So um, some people that are very, you know, very bought into this whole uniform thing that know the combos and have leaked them out. You're right. Right. We weren't supposed to wear the Navy helmet against Idaho state. Right. (laughs) I'm just going to throw it out there. Right. We were supposed to wear the Navy helmet against Georgia Southern. Right. And, um, and after the second loss of the Navy helmet, I mean, I've received more DMS from Cougar fans that were just absolutely beside themselves that I cost two losses (laughs) for the football program. Right. And I'll take that one on the chin. Right. You can blame me all you want because I just love our boys. And I um, and and I'll take I'll take that, you know, being the helmet's fault any day of the week. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's interesting is, is I didn't want um, we we, we made a decision right to go royal um, for Georgia Southern and do this combo. Um, it's a suggestion our punter made, Ryan Rico, who's on the leadership council. Love the idea because Georgia Southern's Navy is oversight we had when we came up with these combos in the spring. Um, and so, um, but I was reluctant because I'm like, hey, you guys love the Navy helmet. We need to use it one more year because if we, we leave this season 0-2 in the Navy helmet, that Navy helmet's never coming back. Yeah. Right. I'm like, <laughs> you know, we, 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 I will get tarred and feathered. <laughs> and I'm like, but also it's one of those things. I'm like, if you love the Navy helmet, I don't care what the fans think. And yeah. we even had a, a couple players that brought it up. It's like, Hey, the Navy helmet's our favorite helmet, but I'm worried that if we wear it, you know, <laughs> like the fans don't love it. I said, Hey, we got to tune out the noise. This is your program. If you love the helmet, let's wear yeah. the helmet. And so we thought the Idaho state would be a easy. We we're planning on wearing Navy anyway. We, you know, the gift or um, sorry, not the gift. The Virgil look was amazing. We, you know, our, our fans loved it right after a great win like that. We thought it'd be a great, you know, segue to just do a midnight Virgil and it worked out, right. It was perfect. We got to win. No one was complaining, you know, a last minute uni combo like that, that the leadership council and I put together uh, ends up being fifth on uni swag. It was a good week. Thank right. Um, and so, but the reason why I shared that was because, everything that went like those chain of events, the players were involved. Yeah. Right. I did not like, there wasn't one time where I'm like, Hey, we're going to do this. I think we should do this. Like it was a, a process of talking and communicating and brainstorming, you know, one-on-one and then in the group setting before we came to a decision. Right. And I think at the end of the day, it was the right decision. Um, Going back, even though we lost two games in the Navy helmet, I wouldn't have changed a thing, right? Our players love the Navy helmet, and my goal is to support the players. And if the fans or anyone want to blame those two losses on on their thoughts that I am the one that chose, you know, the oh, uh, the cursed the cursed <laughs> loins, then like so be it. I'm not one for superstition. And I, I remember Tom Homo actually posted something that he's not superstitious. I can't remember what it was about, um, but he said he's not a superstitious person. And I, I, I did kind of joke, Hey, what's up with this Royal? But at the same time, um, at the end of the day, that's, 
that's not the the key that I think uh, I should be focusing on as a fan. And I'm glad that you guys kind of stuck it to us and put something out there that the, the players were up for a change and then also kind of changing it up for that, uh, the Royal on Royal game or the um, Navy on Navy game that would have happened at Georgia Southern. I'm going to be there. So I'm really excited to see the Royal on the Good. East coast again. So that well, hey, just kinda... you're going to be at Georgia Southern. So I don't mean to cut you off. If you're going to be in Georgia Southern, um, let, let's connect there and let's do another podcast down Georgia Southern if you're interested. Oh, I'd love to. That would be amazing. I'd definitely be down for that. I, I had some questions about the social media side, and I know we're getting kind of close on times, um, and it's just, it just makes it a little easier for the experience of, of those listening, I know. So, yep. um, but let's let's reconnect, and, and I'll kind of come up with um, some more structure around the social media questions, and we can talk um, while we're out there at Georgia Southern, and, and I'll, uh, I'll hit you up while we're out there. That would be amazing. Let me know. Let me know. And, uh, what time are you going to be there? We can connect, but I love to carry on this conversation, you know, and we could do a, a part two. Absolutely. That'd be amazing. I really thank you, Billy, for, for your time. You too. Thanks, brother. We'll plan on having that episode coming up uh, this next week with Billy for part two of Cause Monday. Um, just talking about the BYU player experience as he is the director of player experience and uh, equipment. So thanks so much for Billy um, being on the show this week. And uh, be sure to check out all the other articles on at the Hive Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and thehivesports.com. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cause Monday and go Cougs. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.